0: In my I'm the quietest these days. of brewing that the focus remains
1: the focal point of my Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chitum, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And I'm so excited. I'm recording this on Monday afternoon. On Friday, the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit will kick off. I am so excited. 23 of the best people in running talking about extremely specific topics that pertain to so many dedicated amateur runners like you. Don't you want 2021 to be the best running year of your life? Well, it's going to be up to you, right? Most of it's going to be the effort that you put in, the dedicated, focused effort, both in your runs and recovery and all of those things. But also learning from the best people in running will help you get there as well. And that's exactly why I'm doing this. I just cannot wait. So when you sign up, go to ramblingrunner.com rambling forward slash summit link in the bio as well or the show notes, I should say. Besides getting to hear all of these people this weekend, January 15th through 17th, Friday through Sunday, with so many live Q&As, half the people will be doing live question and answer sessions along the way. You will also have lifetime access to all of it, all the videos. And I'm going to be converting them all to podcast form as well. It's just such a great opportunity. I mean, this is not something where you sign up for a summit, you get great info, take good notes, sayonara. No, you're going to have access to all this stuff for the rest of your life, and I'm so glad to bring it to you. So go over today, theramblingrunner.com forward slash summit, and go sign up. If you want to save 25 bucks, hey, every single speaker has a $25 promo code. They've all been sharing it on social media. And... Hey, why not save 25 bucks? Go hit them up, and there's so many people to learn from. I'm so excited, and I can't wait to see you there. Today's episode is with... Kind of like a, a brothers in arms regarding Mastering 40, Brian White. I couldn't wait to get him on because just like me, he's going through a Mastering 40 journey of his own. We've been sharing kind of how we've been doing, going back and forth uh, throughout the year. And I'm really excited to get him on here because he's just doing really cool things. And hey, I can relate to a lot of what he's doing because we're kind of on the same journey. And, and this is really fun. Brian is an awesome guy. He's approaching it from a little different perspective than me uh, in terms of his athletic history. But it's just so much fun to see because we not only does he have his own goals, he so he's already turned 40. So he wants to do all of it at the age of 40 where I'm doing it, you know, kind of the same thing. I'm turning 40 in three weeks. So kind of the same thing. Um, I kind of started before he did in relative terms, in terms of age. But we basically started this summer. So with all that said, he has three 40 mastering 40 type goals like me. He wants to break 40 in the 10K. In addition, he's got a marathon goal and he's got a pull-up goal. So he actually finally dives into his marathon goal. He was almost unwilling to talk about it. So right to the end, and then he finally divulges what his marathon goal is. I can't wait for you to hear this. Brian is such an awesome guy. So let's get into it with Brian White. Hello, Brian, and welcome to
0: the show. Hey, Matt. Nice talking to you.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to have you on, Brian. We've, we've talked uh, a bunch of times um, through the phones, sending <laughs> sending text messages and DMs back and forth, um, following, you know, basically our kind of our concurrent paths to our own little Mastering 40 journeys. Um, <laughs> little did I know when I started mine that you were kind of doing the same thing around the same time uh, last summer and last spring that I was in terms of planning out, all right, what, is, what do I want to make of this year. So I'm excited to talk to you not only about all of that stuff and hurdles that we've experienced and the reason we have certain goals, but also to dive into uh, kind of the foundation of your athletic journey and, and why are, where you've come from and why, are you're, why you're here now. But I guess let's just get into the present first. What Again, you're kind of on your own little mastering 40 journey, <laughs> right. as am I. So what exactly are some of your goals for this year and when do you turn 40? So I,
0: I turned 40, um, back in June of 2020. So. Okay. So
1: you're doing it like post 40. All right. So like oh, yeah. the, year, the year, the year after you turn 40.
0: Right. So my goal was to really start right when I turned 40, really just go full steam ahead and really knock out my goals. So I have three major goals. Um, one was to qualify for the Chicago Marathon. Uh, and the other two was to, um, Get under a a forty minute ten k, and then at the same time. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right.
1: (laughs) People who don't know, that's that's my goal as well. So I can I can commiserate with you on that.
0: Yeah, it just seems like it's a number that, for whatever reason, it just always stuck out to me. Like when I first started running, you know, you break you know the sixty minute ten k, and then you break fifty five, and then you just continue. But for whatever reason, 40, 40, minutes just sticks out to me. It's some magical number, like you said. Um, so yeah. And then I guess the last goal is to uh, do 40 unbroken pull ups. So one of the things that I've done prior to running was I, I did a lot of strength training. I've been strength training since I was 12 years old. And, um, over the years, um, that's pretty much all I did. I played some high school football, did some of those sports there, but, my main focus was just lifting weights, being in the gym, getting stronger and bigger. Well, whenever I switched over to running, um, one of the things I loved about running is that actually kind of kept me lean. Um, but one of the things I always made a, a staple in my workout routines was to do a pull-up. we to, to do pull-ups, and so I've just always been able to do them. And and whenever I would go to these, you know, exercise or fitness expos. I would always enter a pull-up contest and my breaking point would always be 30 reps. So for, so it's always frustrated me that I could never break 30 reps unbroken. So I decided that, you know what, let's, let's go out big. We're going to be doing all this running. We're going to be doing all this endurance work. I still have this strength component that I really love to, you know, cater to and to really focus on what better way to do it than to do an exercise that I love the most, which is doing uh pull ups So that that's really what led me to do those 40 unbroken pull-ups, or that's the goal, is to complete 40 unbroken pull-ups.
1: All right. So let's define the terms here as well. So when you say 40 unbroken pull-ups, what exactly does that mean?
0: So that means you find a pull-up bar, uh, overhand grip, and you start you know, from the hanging position, and you just do 40 repetitions. You can pause, but, but you can't let go of your grip. So as soon as you let go, you're done. So I really um, – so it taxes not only your back and your posterior chain, but it really taxes your, your grip and your biceps. And so um, it's just a, an exercise that I think that really can help set you up for success as far as just your – again, your posterior chain. And I just really feel like it's an exercise I really – I don't know. It's just so difficult that once you learn how to do it, you never want to let it go. It's kind of like riding a bike for some people.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those exercises as well that it really can be a metric on overall fitness in a lot of ways. Certainly not like your aerobic capacity. Not not from that component, but because it is a weight-based exercise, not that someone's weight is the end-all be-all, but it's not simply about strength. Right, so there's these other components that can be factors in how you know how many pull-ups you can do, right? Not beyond just just overall brute strength or determination, or um and just the fact that it involves so many different muscles, from large to small, uh, all the way through.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, I, I remember, I don't know, I was in college, it had to be, and I remember someone telling me that you know everyone should be able to do a you know, pull-up or bench their own weight, and I don't know why I don't necessarily agree with that statement, but it always stuck out to me as a just as a challenge. Like, you know what? I should be able to always do this. So I don't know if I that's me actually agreeing with them. But I, I think for me it's just really being able just to have those tenants out there. Um but that being said, I found a passion in running. Um, so I made the switch, I think, really primarily all my training switching over to running back in 2016 when our our third child was born, um, and ever since then I've I've been uh, really run focused and really not doing a lot of lifting. Believe it or not, um, I think I just started I think lifting or doing strength training in the fall of 2020 um, after I had some some major you know hip issues. So I realized that, hey, when you turn 40, uh, your body doesn't actually uh, rebound as as fast as it did when you were 20. So I've had to put a lot more focus on the strength component and making sure that I I stay strong, given the amount of volume that I've been doing with my
1: running. All right. So I want to dive into that because – well, I shouldn't say because. Before we do, I do want to ask this question, though. So Chris McDougall is this international bestselling author. He wrote Born to Run, which – Side note, it's like hysterical to read now. There's a lot of great parts, but like the whole idea of like minimalist shoes, like, boy, did that not last. Oh, yeah. Boy, did oh, that yeah. not I last. Bought it, I bought into that the whole idea and <laughs> learned a
0: hard and painful lesson. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely changed my gait. I'm definitely more of a, I'm definitely a midfoot, four foot runner now, and I'm, I'm happy for it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> the the two millimeter drop shoe, the two millimeter cushion shoes uh, did, did, not, did not last very long but w- another book that he wrote and this is much more recent was Natural Born Heroes did you read that no I have not okay I'm gonna have to take a look into it so it's I'm not gonna recount the whole story but it's the it's a similar kind of thing where it's like he doesn't personally do it on some level but kind of goes back in time connects like it's ancient civilization with current themes and you know, different. You know, look at athletes and how they connect to all things. And it, it, I found it to be very interesting. But one of the things that are in it is this whole like natural movement and parkour philosophy okay. of natural movement and, and and kind of varieties off of that. And a lot of it is this idea of like you mentioned, like everyone should be able to like pull up their weight and bench their weight. And like for these guys and women, it's very much of that ilk of like, you know, like you should be able to like climb a tree, right? Right? Like if you're, like your ancestors could climb a tree, like you should be a good enough athlete to climb a tree, right? If you can only just push weight around, then you're not a really good athlete. You're just someone who can push weight around. And it's an interesting theme and it kind of aligns, not completely, but like on some degree, um, obviously coincidentally, because it's not like you read the book, with with some of the examples, so the, some of the goals that you have, right? You have like the shorter kind of like not shorter, but like the, the, the 40 minute running goal, you know, the, the three and a half hour ish marathon goal, uh, depending on what what qualifies for Chicago. And then also like this strength goal and kind of, I feel like it con, it kind of convalesces into this overall picture of like a really healthy and multi dimensional athlete. Was that kind of the theme that you were going for, or did you just kind of, kind of pick these goals, uh, siloed from each other?
0: More than likely, more, more so siloed, honestly. Um, so w- one thing I didn't share is I've only run one marathon, and that was back in 2018. And by that point, I think I've been running for maybe you know consistently for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And over that year and a half, I um, focused on changing m- my foot strike. So I went from a heel striker to a midfoot, forefoot striker, uh, really learning the tenets of the, the pose method. And then I started, um, doing the, um, using the V dot calculator, um, and using the, the Jackie Daniels, uh, warning from formula book. And when I did the Cincinnati pig uh, marathon in 2018, my goal was the, the pace that I was supposed to hit, um, or actually say the time, my overall time of that marathon was to be three hours and 30 minutes. So I definitely didn't hit that three and a half uh, hour mark. I actually did four and a half hours, um, 435. So when I saw that, I was, of course, deflated, defeated. And so I, I said, I, I got to do something. I got to, you know, put a goal, you know, tie a tight goal to this. And so came across as I, you know, did my, did my, my work and you know, did some research. I was able to find out that the Chicago marathon actually had a goal time for my age around 330. So. That's kind of how those uh, that goal align with um, that long endurance
1: race. Hey, everybody! Do you want to save money on your grocery bill? Well, Every Plate is twenty five percent cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's best value meal kit for planning dinners today. I love Every Plate for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I just love having things in my kitchen, especially in my refrigerator, that. Isn't the same old thing that I do every single week? Also getting things that aren't too adventurous that my kids are definitely going to eat. Obviously, you're never going to beat that, a thousand with that. But with every plate, my kids have really enjoyed it. And I like the food as well. And it's just not the same stuff every single week, which can get tiring. So you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week, swap proteins and sides for things that you like. So you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. And that's the key thing. It's however you want. There's so many options and it's all great stuff, which is also huge. For me, the difference between this and some of the other uh, services in this genre are, first of all, the price. It's absolutely fantastic. We'll get to it in a second. The kinds of meals that are provided, that they're really good, but not too adventurous, have also been a huge thing for me. And now I've been using these more often now that groceries have kind of gone up and the price for every plate has pretty much stayed the same. So try every plate today is $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RamblingRunner179. That stands for $1.79 per meal. So get started with every plate, like I said, for $1.79 per meal by going to every plate Dot com, entering code Rambling runner 179 today. That's up to $104 value. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking athletic rings because I heard other podcasters who were really into performance and athletics, people like Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss, who used it all the time. And I thought, hey, man, if they're going to use it, then I should too. And I'm so glad that I did. So what's in this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, all to help you start your day the right way. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery. Literally all the things. I mean, there's too many things for me to list. I actually have to, like, take a pause during the sentence. Uh, But it's it's legit, and I'm so glad that I use it. I use it basically because I know that – Getting my vitamins and minerals from from foods is probably the best way to do it. But I usually just don't have the kind of diet and make the kind of food choices that's going to put myself in the optimum position. And that's why I take Athletic Greens, to make sure that I have everything I need because I know I'm probably not getting it from foods because I just don't quite have the, the discipline or the food choices that I need. And Athletic Greens is there to help me out. And I'm so glad that they are. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right. Well, let me ask this because so you come to running much later it's not like you weren't in, you're like, you're an inactive person, right? You were very active. You were strong. You were you know, in the gym a lot. So you come to running a little bit later, you have this marathon experience that does not go well, right? And there's nothing wrong with a four and a half hour marathon, but missing your goal time by an hour, obviously is a deflating experience, no matter who you are. So what about that experience catapulted you to want to get back into it to not only do it again, but to get to a whole new level, as opposed to just be like, you know what? I tried running. It wasn't great. Didn't hit my goal. I'm going to try something else.
0: Well, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, when I completed that race, I was done with um, marathons. Um, I I didn't want to do another one. Um, I wanted to go back to obstacle course racing, which I started doing in 2017. Um, that seemed more fitting to, you know, my love for my newfound love for running, but also that strength component, uh, with those obstacles. But when 2019 came, um, I, I said, you know what, I really want to focus. I can't have, um, I can't go, I can't go from road to trail running or from road to obstacle course racing every other month. I really need to stick to one. So in 2019, I really focused on my obstacle course race races, and I said, you know, for 2019, I'm going to focus on OCR obstacle course racing, and then in 2020, I'm going to focus on road racing. And I really want to kind of hit this 40 minute 10k, and I really want to do this um some strength opponent, this 40 uh, unbroken pull ups. And then the more I thought about it, I said, you know what, it's time to to do the marathon. Um, by that point. At the end of 2019, in December of 2019, I signed up with McCurdy Trained. And when they asked me, you know, when I met with uh, my coach, Jack, Jack Polerki, he said, you know, what are your goals? And I said, you know, these are goals that I have. And honestly, I'm thinking about doing the marathon again. Um, I want to qualify for Chicago. And so he said, we, we can do it. We can go after it. So that's kind of how it it went. Um, unfortunately the, you know, pandemic occurred or happened. And so that put kind of a, a stop on, on everything. Um, I was supposed to do the Houston marathon, uh, this next weekend or, um, in a week and it just didn't happen. So, um, with that, I decided, you know what, let's continue on with the volume. And at the same time I got injured. So I don't even know where, I where, I, where we were, Matt, I just started
1: rambling <laughs> that's exactly the name of this podcast man you're in good company um right so with ocr this this this, you know that sport you know is is really unique and in so many ways it's like i can see why so many people gravitated towards it right i mean it really does especially someone with your background or people who maybe um were diehards in another sport, and then came to running later. They could view it as this kind of combination of the two, and it really does work for a lot of folks. Um, however, with that said, OCR is not the same, right? There's not just because you're doing a OCR event. I want to say OCR race, but that's like this redundant, right? That's what the R is in OCR. It's like saying, saying the obstacle course race race, um, right? <laughs> so doing 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 an OCR event um, it's not all the same, right? So there are some where there are like leaderboards and you can win and you can you know, there's you know, some semblance of how you did in the pack. And there are others which may be just as demanding, but are much more communal events. And if you don't want to do an obstacle, just run around it. It doesn't matter like we're out here to be fit and to be together as a community. So for you, which side did you kind of gravitate towards?
0: I mean, I started on the, let's just have fun. Let's, you know, do this as a community. Um, but after I became more proficient and after I did like my first, you know, two or three races, um, I started to say, well, let me see what I can do with this. Well, let me see how my body performs. Let's see how I can push those limits. So that's really where my mind always goes. You know, for whatever reason I do something and I say, well, let me see if I can add a, you know, a level of complexity to it. Can I make it, you know, harder? Can I push myself? So ultimately I, I started to look at the, what they call the competitive age group, um, where you would, you would, you, have a lot more, uh, racers who are serious and who are really trying to compete for prize money or for a podium spot.
1: Got it. So did you, did you ever podium or, or get race money or your prize money?
0: Oh goodness. No, no. Um, So one of the things that I've always dealt with, um, with long distance endurance events is that I tend to cramp a lot. So there's always been an issue with um, my muscle endurance. So I've only, whenever I do these, these OCR races, um, I try to always hit like a percentile. So I'll always aim to get in the top. 20 or the top 15 percentile, depending upon the venue and depending upon um, how popular that event is. Where, so, for example, if the race is um, roughly four miles in South and Southern Indiana, I know that I'm going to do it a little bit better than what I would do in the mountains of West Virginia or, you know, in Palmer- Palmerton, uh, Pennsylvania. So I, I kind of knowing my skill level and knowing that I'm not one of those folks who goes to, to, you know, 50 races, a you know, a year, but I, I might do three to five. I really want to be real realistic. And I always kind of looked at my performance relative to my peers in my age
1: group. So how has your strength training evolved over the last three years, going from mostly in the gym to OCR? No, go from So mostly in the gym to OCR and marathon, kind of semi-overlap, but over the same two-year span to now where you have, these huge running goals and also a pull-up goal, but the pull-up goal can, you don't necessarily have to be in the gym all the time for the pull-up goal, right? You can really just focus on that one area of your life. So what, what has that evolution been like and where are you now?
0: Great question. So when we had our son back in 2016, uh, mid 2016, um, I just couldn't be consistent in the gym. Um, So me getting into running was the best thing ever. I also know the person that I am that if I were to go to the gym, I would push it to a point where um, it would be detrimental to my running. So I went cold turkey in the gym. Um, I didn't lift weights. I want to say for two, uh, two to three years. Um, so, and then even when I would do that, it would be maybe once or twice a week and it would be something very, very light, knowing that again, if I were to touch a dumbbell or a barbell, I'm going to try to put as much weight on there as possible and do it for, you know, 10 to 15 reps. That's just who, you know, who I, who I've always been. But when I turn 40, you know, as, as you do more uh, research and you learn more about the mechanics of running and you learn the mechanics of, uh, or you just learn how your body responds to strict training and, or the lack thereof, um, you want to do you know do what's best for you, and ultimately what I'm talking about is just preventing injury. Um, so I just realized so over 2020 that I was just getting injured, or have these ailments that would come up. I would address them; they would go away. And so I'm like, why am I going through this whole um, back and forth? Why am I going going and going through this vicious circle of getting injured and or having these minor tweaks? And all I have to do is just do some you know. A small little bit of you know strength training. So around again around fall of 2020, I decided to you know let me just go ahead and do instead of you know spending like two hours in the gym, you know four to five days a week. Let me go ahead and go to the gym 30 to 45 minutes and do pure strength training, not something that focuses on uh, on muscle muscle growth. Really just focusing on strengthening those muscles and those tendons. So. Now is so still a lot of core, um, still me focusing on my, my leg strength, of course, but making sure that I also, uh, focus on, um, activating those muscles that you use when you run. So for me it's making sure that my glutes are activated, you know, that I'm, you know, strengthening my glutes. Um, for whatever reason, those seem to be the weakest, I guess, link in my posterior chain. So just really focusing on that, um, Focusing on those exercises or those muscle groups that really can not only help me with running, but also just help me with in, just my posture, just all that good stuff. Um it's a lot. Um I, I think I remember, I think I was in a involved in a a wreck maybe in 2000 goodness, 2014. And the uh the chiropractor said, you know, Brian, you have the neck of like a of a 50-year-old or a 50- or 60-year-old, someone who's, you know, 20 years older than you. You really need to focus on, you know, strengthening, you know, your back and, you know, your posture and things like that. So again, strength training, you know, not only helps you from, you know, a performance stance, but it also just helps you, you know, with this quality of life. I don't want to, you know, be, you know, 60, 70, 80, if I, you know, if I hopefully make it. I don't want to, you know, have any ailments i want to be healthy and just you know enjoy life i mean that's what we're you know that's what we really all want to do right so that's what i'm really focusing on not focusing on anything of the aesthetics but more so on the performance and quality of life
1: what was that like to hear someone say that about you because i've seen pictures of you like even now like you're not focusing on strength training you're a strong guy And you're, you know, you're like, I'm not worried about aesthetics. Well, it's easy to say that you're aesthetically like just fine. You're a big, strong guy. You're super fit. And to to sit there and have a doctor be like, yeah, your back is like the equivalent of like a 50 or 60 year old. With your physique, what was that like to like to hear something like that?
0: It it was terrible. And I actually, I remember why or when this happened. It happened in 2015 because my wife was pregnant because she and I both went to the chiropractor at the same time. Um, She was going because she just wanted to get some adjustments because she was pregnant and I was, you know, recovering from this this car crash. So sitting there with my pregnant wife, him looking at my x-rays, him going, giving me that news, I'm just like, then what the hell I've been doing all this work in the gym for the past, you know, 35, you know, or in the gym for these past, what, 23, 25 years. It's, it's a slap in the, you know, you realize that, you know what? You think you know everything and you think that you're living, you know, a healthy life and you, you're not, you know, you, you know, you really need to kind of take a step back and re- really reevaluate how you're treating your body.
1: Yeah. It, 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 I can imagine being so frustrated. <laughs> like I've yeah. spent so many hours, you know, 10,000, 10,000 hour rule my ass, right? Like you know, yeah, that exactly. way spend <laughs> exactly. so many hours and they're like, yeah, uh, it's like you've done nothing. It's like you've done nothing and you're like, oh, good grief. Like, yeah. Um, So at this point, as you have changed your strength routine and now you're doing all these other things um, to work on much more running focused type work, have you noticed a difference in your running? Again, I know it's hard to differentiate because you've also run more. So like, how do you really identify what's helped and what hasn't? But ha- have you been able to identify um Strength work or things of that nature that have helped your running?
0: I would say yes. Um, one noticeable way is, um, how I run hills, uh, uphill and downhill. Um, I would say that if I were to do like a hill workout, um, that was prescribed, you know, my legs would be trashed the next, you know, few days. Um, now I can run, you know, I honestly feel like I can run a hill, you know, That's probably one of my strongest uh, attributes as a runner. Uh, Running downhill is another strong attribute for me. You know, you see a lot, a lot of people run downhill. They kind of put the pump the brakes, you know, and land on under the heel of their foot. Whereas I kind of shift my center of mass um, forward a little bit and really let gravity take its course. And at the same time, I don't feel any pain in my knees um, like um, I used to. So I definitely feel like the strength training has helped in that area. I also think that I just feel like my muscles can take a beating or like my body can, you know, can endure the increase of volume. Um, so it's, of course, it's now, I'm now in marathon training. Um So, of course, the volume is increasing. But I, I think anecdotally, um, I've been able to kind of handle the volume. I think, I want to say in... October or November was my, I think I ran the most miles ever in a month. And I didn't even realize it until like mid-December. It was just because I just went with what the plan was and, you know, just went after the task. But then when you sit back and you kind of think about the work or you look at your your, your notes um, or your your run log, you realize that, hey, something's paying off. Something's, something's happening right here.
1: All right, so let's talk about marathon training. So when is your marathon and which one are you doing? So I'm doing the
0: McCurdy Micro Marathon in Michigan, and that's on April 25th.
1: Okay. So, all right, so you got, definitely have some time, and I know you've been you're building up to it. You talked about your marathon experience a little bit uh, before in terms of running the 430 What did you learn from that? And you you mentioned before you're working with a coach now too, so it's not like you're making all these decisions independently. But what did you learn from your first marathon experience that you're now taking into this new one?
0: So I'm preparing for the event itself. I'm being very specific to the event, focusing on good nutrition, um, proper hydration, and then also realizing that, hey, um, what is the terrain or the topography of the event, you know, so I'm really considering all as aspects of the race. And then I think also having a coach, I think, has really helped me just build my confidence with my quality session. So really increasing the pace and being comfortable at the faster paces. Um, if you don't practice at the faster pace, if you don't actually put the work in at those paces, it's not going to feel comfortable. And who wants to run three and a half, four hours at a pace that they've never run uh, for for that length of time? So it's just really kind of being very prescriptive and thinking about the work that has to be done on that date.
1: So what did you do last time in terms of, say, like easy paces? And then you mentioned before you really never ran marathon pace during your workout. So what did you do the first time?
0: So I was supposed to, you know. Um, but with with the jackie daniel's uh running formula or or with with that um i would it was very easy for me to do my easy runs um because you know prior to covid um i did a lot of travel for work and i still technically will be doing a lot of travel for work, work uh once this pandemic is somewhat more stable um so it was just easy for me to just do an easy workout you know on the road or a trail a local trail but those quality sessions, um, there may be times when I would miss a quality session because of, you know, an early morning meeting or because of a flight or because of um, me having to sit in the car for six hours. So I didn't know what to do, you know, if I were to miss one of those quality sessions. So I would just skip the quality session, and just say, OK, it was supposed to be my Tuesday workout. I can't do it. So let me just go ahead and go to the Wednesday workout and I'll do do that one um, on that day. Having a coach um he helps you know it helps me kind of with kind of managing all that um really kind of helping me you know work things out and kind of move those puzzle pieces along the way so I don't have to worry about it and overthink it because i I would definitely overthink it and you know beat myself up if I were to miss a workout so I think that is the benefit of of me having a coach and what's different now is that now um the quality sessions are, are very much more consistent, um, and I look forward to those more so than I do any other, you know, run that, that I have scheduled throughout the week.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And And one thing of note, and I don't know how this affects you because it's not like you can compare and contrast your body with other people, but you're definitely like a bigger, stronger guy than most people that you would see out at a marathon. Yes. Right? So how does that play a part either positively or negatively in your running? Or does it not really play a part at all?
0: It definitely plays a part. Um, Not only am I a a bigger guy, but I'm also, you know, African-American male. Um, So I feel like I just stick out. Right. Um, So it doesn't bother me. Uh, to that extent, where it kind of like there's some type of negative impact, but it is something that I'm very cognizant of. Um, quite honestly, I do. I guess the only thought that I may get or I may think that people are thinking about me is that does this big bulky guy deserve to be here? You know, in this corral. Like I think the last 10k I did, I was you know in the 45 minute or around the 45 minute uh, time group. And I was pretty big and I'm like 200, you know, 205 uh, pounds. Uh, so everyone around me is, you know, much lighter. So it, it, that does, you know, stick out to me just because, you know, you're seeing all these people who are, you know, thinner or they may just fit what you would, some may say is a runner's body, but Once you actually see me put into work, it really kind of deads itself. It really doesn't um, bother me after, you know, the gun goes off.
1: And you mentioned before that it's not just about your size. That's also that you're an African-American male. And especially in the spring into the summer, we saw, especially in in all areas of the world, but let's just stick to the, the running world right now because that's the topic that we're on. Even within the running world, we saw a huge influx of like, hey, we really need more representation for what what runners across the you know let's say let's talk about the runners' worlds of the world is that use them as like a proxy for this conversation of like all right we need to make sure that the major media within running represents the runners that they're speaking to and all the runners that they're speaking to in a variety of ways and with that being said did you feel like when you entered running that it was like something that you felt like you I guess didn't have people that you looked you looked at and said hey like this is you know either people that I looked up to in this sense or people that you felt like were a community for you in that sense or was there anything about the running world generally speaking that you noticed as a new runner that you felt was lacking or wanting in that regard So
0: not really Matt I mean well let me take it let me take that back so I think race will always play a part in my life. And I think about it daily um, because, you know, I typically, you know, stand out um, because of where I live, because of what I do for, you know, as a profession. Um, so even the activities that I do, it, it you know, I'm definitely going to, you know, see myself as, um, as being the person who's um, who's different from everyone. Um, so that does kind of stick out in my, in my mind, but it I definitely feel like brands need to do, you know, they need to be a little bit more proactive with um, publicizing and marketing those athletes who are doing really well. Because there's always been Black endorsed athletes out there. They're just not marketed. So you may only see, you know, a a handful of, you know, African-Americans at a race or, there may be one or two, you know, professionals, you know, in a, in a given event, but they're out there. So let's market it, market them to the community, because the more representation you see um, amongst, you know, whether it's culture or, or race or even gender, uh, the more that sows a seed of hope or even just interest. And, in, you know, those who are new to the sport. Now, when we think about what happened this past spring and spring of t- 2020, I will say that what happened to Ahmad Aubrey was definitely should have never happened. It's a travesty, and it's you know something that I've always feared at, you know, myself. I've been, quite honestly, I've been followed by um, you know police cars while I've been out on runs, <clears throat> and you know I have a 15 year old son now who who's asked me about that like, Dad, I don't feel comfortable walking around you know our neighborhood or. I don't feel comfortable with you, you know, running, you know, at four or five a.m. or at eleven o'clock at night. And I say, well, I understand that, and I don't always feel comfortable either. But, um, you know, your dad has a GPS watch that's always on; that tracks him. My iPhone tracks me. Um, I have on, um, you know, running clothes that you know you can tell that I'm here for physical fitness, nothing nefarious. So I look the part of a runner. I look like someone who is, you know, being physically active, not someone who's out there trying to fit a description, a stereotypical de- description of someone who is, you know, breaking houses or someone who is to, you know, going to hurt someone. So um you can't let those fears, you know, as a runner, um, you know, stop you from doing what you enjoy. Um, so that's kind of my approach and that's always been my approach. Um, just be cautious. So I, I just always just, you know, let me be the, you know, take the cautious approach, but also make sure that, you know, not let that fear, you know, take over.
1: Yeah. I, I well, first of all, thank you for being so candid and honest about it. Um, when you've had those moments where that fear is maybe perked up or that yeah, it, it can be, a uh, substantial emotional drag on you because certain things are happening either in your community to you personally or just you know nationwide have you what have you done in those moments to kind of like keep yourself centered in a way that you feel like you're still able to do the things that you want to do in that the gravity of the moment isn't going to like just be a draining experience on you you know, specifically and just be like, oh my God, I just, I'm just, this whole thing is just too much. I just don't want to get out there today, right? You have big goals and that requires a lot of action and a lot of activity. And yet some of these things can be just a draining experience. And how do you kind of overcome that in the moment?
0: You know, I, I, I honestly think about myself as you know, setting a good example for my children or, So not only that, so that's, I think, the number one thing I think that kind of helps me get out the door. Uh, But it's also usually when these events happen, you know, in society, um, it reverberates not just with uh, my physical activity, but also me professionally. Um, So I'm seeing it at work or, you know, I'm talking about it at work. Um, because there's not a lot of um, African-American males, you know, in the position that I do. So I'm either mentoring people or working on initiatives to kind of help uh, with the um, mental uh, health uh, of African-American individuals uh, that I work with. So I'm really trying to focus on, you know, know, stepping up, taking a leadership opportunity and really addressing the, the issue at hand instead of, um, again, letting it, you know, rule over me. Because, you know, if I don't do it, um, who is? You know, if I can prevent, you know, the the next professional, you know, African-American male from having to do all the heavy lifting, let me go ahead and do it. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, if my kids, hopefully, prayerfully, they actually decide to pick up running, none of them have interest at this time, but hopefully they do. um, I want them to, you know, Run outside, you know, and not have to have that fear of, of being attacked. Um I want my daughter, you know, I want her to be able to enjoy, you know, the, you know, we live in a suburban slash rural area. I want her to understand or know the beauty of, you know, going hiking or running along the countryside. She She deserves that, you know, she does nothing wrong. That's her, that's her right. So I've really kind of taken that leadership approach and that leadership mindset when it comes to these uh, racial issues.
1: Well, I appreciate you talking about it. I know that's not the the point of why you came on today, but I do appreciate you indulging me because, you know, these are, these are big things and it it has, as you mentioned, you know, it is something that's affected you in your life. So I do appreciate you getting into it. Oh, my pleasure. With all that being said, with a couple months till your marathon, yeah. You talked about the things that you guys are working on and what you're trying to do. How is it going? And do you feel like you're on target to reach your goals?
0: I feel that I'm on target. Um, things are going well. So we started uh, my base building back in December. Um, things have started to go very well. My, easier, my easy runs are getting easier um, or faster. Um, I'm starting to really enjoy my quality sessions again. You know, once you... You stop doing your quality sessions and, you know, you're in your base phase. You know, strides really aren't that hard. You know, it's just something to kind of keep that turnover um, there. So me getting back into the quality sessions and, you know, that getting out of my comfort zone, um, I think is really going to help me. I would say, honestly, when I think about my race on the 25th of April, um, the mental side and me being comfortable with. Getting uncomfortable, I think, will be the the biggest um, variable in whether or not I qualify. Well, you can't qual- This isn't a uh, Chicago qualifier, but it is a Boston qualifier. Um, so it depends. I mean, it really depends on, you know, just that mental edge that I have. Um, with the pull-ups, I don't have any concerns about it. I think that um, once I complete the marathon, I can put in a, a good month of solid training I think that will actually help me, um, you know, to avoid those post-marathon blues that everyone talks about. So I definitely feel like switching on to another goal immediately, I think will help me, especially since it's not running related. And then with the uh, 10K, I'm hoping and praying that the threshold runs that I'm doing will help me um, get closer to that goal. Because it may not. I may not be able to hit that goal um, if there are, aren't any races, um, you know, before my birthday. But I would love to give it a, a you know, a, a hell of a try um, as a time trial um, at some point.
1: All right. I'm breaking up the V dot calculator as we're on the phone right now. All right. So you mentioned before this thing is, is, is very useful. All right. So let me break it out. If you were able to run a 10k, let's just pop it in there for 39.45, right? So 39.45. If you were able to break 40, that would be 6:23 pace. So if you were marathon ready, and you know that means like putting in the requisite miles so that you can complete a marathon and all of that, um, that's the problem with these calculators, right? They have you have to make certain assumptions. Assumption being that you've prepared for a marathon, you've done your two plus hour runs and and, and and the like but obviously you're going to do that so making those assumptions this should put you in just over three hour marathon range exactly so you had this goal breaking 40 you had this other goal of three and a half ish those goals don't really align so no, what as we get into it what actually is your marathon goal because it seems like you're leaving some meat on the bone
0: So, so I don't think I've ever shared the marathon goal for the, for the 25th. Um, right now I'm at a 49 for deep V dot. Um, so that puts me at 315 to be a a Boston qualifier. It's at 310. I think I can, I think I can do it. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. So my marathon goal is 315 right now. And I, I was just talking to uh, my coach Jack the other day. He was like, you know, I think we can get faster than that. I think we can beat 315. So that's where we're going.
1: All right. There it is. I'm excited for you. This is really exciting. I am like, I just got my VDOT score. Again, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, people, there's a lot of different training systems out there. We have the same, uh, we, we both have coaches who work from Curdy Train. So we use the VDOT system, which basically is like a metric for how fit you are. So it's not perfect. There's some range there. All right. All that being said, I actually just got mine moved to 48. So I... I know what you're saying I'm right there with you, um, in, in a lot of respects. So it really is exciting to see you, um, kind of, you know, stepping up and, and and really getting to that level. Obviously shoot, you're, you know, what you're basically three months away from the marathon in terms of like three months from when your taper starts. So you have so much time. So this is really exciting. Last question before we get going. Um, from a, an improvement perspective, especially regards to the marathon, is it what, what is the key thing that will help you get to that next level? And I say that in light of, for some people, they're just aerobic monsters. They can run all day. They just need to increase their speed and things like that. Some people are the opposite. Some people are a little bit of both. Where do you fall and where do you need to really um, kick things up a notch to get to that next level?
0: I think it's is me staying mentally di- dialed in. Um these long races um you can be by yourself. You're kind of like on an island um for the most part, but I think you know doing you know out on the roads for th- for 3 hours, 3, you know, 15 or 330, um you have to stay dialed in and make sure you're hitting your paces. So um, it's me just really compartmentalizing the, uh, the race strategy, kind of breaking it up in, into pieces and really, you know, having a laser light focus in those different, uh, zones when it comes to whatever that strategy, uh, is for the day. So I think that is always for me is, you know, me not overthinking it and me just going out there and not only doing the work, but having fun doing the work, um, Enjoy. Enjoy the time. I mean, the marathon should be a celebration of all the these past three to four months that I've been doing. So let me go after it.
1: Got it. So it's not a physical thing. It's a mental hurdle. It's all mental. All mental. I love it. Well, you know, with all due respect to everything you just said. The marathon is a celebration. It's not it's not the most joyful party. No, not the most joyful. I've been to a couple of marathons, so have you. It, it doesn't, especially near the end. It doesn't feel like balloons, lollipops, and birthday cake uh, near the end. But I know I know what you mean though.
0: But it's fun. Like whenever I can, you know whenever I finish a long endurance race, I always say I'm never doing that again. And then what do you do? you know, a few weeks later? When's the next one? or I think I could do it again. So
1: and here you are. Doing it exactly. again. I love it. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a blast. And if people want to follow along with you and your journey, where is the best place they can go?
0: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my name is at Catalyst. That's K A 2 L Y S T.
1: K A 2 L Y S T. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show and good luck with all of these goals. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a long time coming. I'm so excited to see what he does in April at the McCurdy Marathon and then following that up with the, pull, with the pull-up challenge and see if he can hit that 10K goal in his marathon training. And if not, can he bounce back from marathon training and then hit it afterwards? It's going to be really exciting. I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for listening. OS first. Thank you for sponsoring the show, coming in strong, sponsoring a lot of the Rambling Runner podcasts in the coming months, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Go to osfirst.com, that's os1st.com, and use code Rambling to save 15% in your first order, or just go find them at your local retailer, because that's what they're all about, the local retailers. All right, last thing before we get going. I said in the intro, Rambling Runner Virtual Summit coming in on Friday. Have you gotten a ticket yet? Have you registered yet? If not, why not? Right? Why not? It's 150 bucks. It's 125 if you use one of the promo codes that one of the speakers have out there. 125 dollars for info that's going to last you the rest of the year, the rest of your life if you want it to. I feel like it's a great investment. I'm so excited to not only facilitate a lot of these Q and A's. Again, we're getting like 10 Q and A's in addition to all the 23 speakers all together. But I'm going to be taking notes because I need this information just as much as you do. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Go to theramblingrunner.com forward slash summit to register today. Have a great day and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song "Righteous Path," featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang.
0: Yeah.